Uh, I'll be Joe Biden. Who are you? Um, my name's um, Telemothy Jones. <laughs> I was going to say Vice President Mark Pants. <laughs> Mark, yes. You can call me Vice President Mark Pants. <laughs> You're entering a realm which is unusual. Maybe it's magic or contains some kind of monster. The second one. Prepare to enter. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to season two. This is World of Tomorrow. I am Willie. And I am Pennsylvania. Ooh, and as you can tell, I've been tinkering away in the shop. Um, I've been watching a lot of Twilight movies, so I really wanted to make a vampire-inspired robot, or excuse me, android, um, and Don, Sil- Don Sylvania. <laughs> I want to suck your bolts. <laughs> Ooh. And it just comes to me today. I don't know why. That's the AI I built in to come up with vampire and robot crossover puns. <laughs> Clearly it's working. Which we get some we get some Transylvanian robots actually this season, I believe. Honkening. Actually, that might be season four. Yeah, I can't remember what season that uh episode comes in, but more to come. Obviously, um I tried to make this model Don Sylvania. That's like, <laughs> like a tongue twister for me. I tried to make Don Sylvania um look like Edward Cullen. So I painted him white. <laughs> Some, there's some glitter in my pits. And yeah, and uh, anytime the sun shines on him, he sparkles. That's that's very true. And I'm typically smoldering with smoke, and, uh, always. Well, and the one thing that is the, probably the best feature is that he's impossibly fast and strong. <laughs> <clears throat> You're forgetting the handsome parts. Oh, I was quoting Bella when he stops the car from crashing into someone. Oh, yeah. He like she's like, "You're impossibly fast and strong," <laughs> and it's like lauded as a terrible writing, <laughs> like a terrible line for him for the movie. I would say my least favorite line from that is "Hold on, Spider Monkey." <laughs> he like runs Wait, up the tree. Yes, he, she, she like jumps on his back and he's like running up a redwood and like BFE Washington. He's like, "Hang on, Spider Monkey." Wow, that is bad writing. <laughs> it's so bad, but I will say. The books written by okay, one of the best people. She went to Indiana <laughs> University. Oh, she went to IU. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Grisham. Is that what her name is? I have no idea. She could also, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's what her name is, but she went to IU and she majored in writing. So she's a, a, an inspiration to us all. She's a, an alumni that's really, um, you know, making moves and as, um, you know, and, and it's and, and, incredibly and, fast and strong. And she's possibly like, fast and strong. <laughs> <laughs> and who gives a shit how fast and strong she is? Cause she's worth like 50 million or $500 million. Yeah. I mean, that was a, a whole saga. Uh, yeah. Also books and movies. Also, that's a sum of money where you can be off by a factor of 10 and you're still like, you know what? That's a lot of money. Yeah. Once you get past like, I don't know, 50 million, it becomes like, like icing on cares. the fucking cake. Yeah. 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 You have 10 mega mansions or one mega mansion. Who gives a fuck? Although it is crazy to think about the difference between a millionaire and a billionaire. Have you seen that with the grains of rice? Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Like you're like, it's oh crazy. yeah, like it's off by, <laughs> it's off by a, like, a, not just like a factor of 10, like 10 million to a hundred million. Like, yeah, that's definitely a big difference. But like 1 million to a billion is a factor of a thousand million. That is an insane amount of money. Because like with each million, you can do a million little things. <laughs> a million little pieces. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, as you can tell, um, PD and I are in good spirits. We, we had a little bit of a record break between season one and two, mm-hmm. and now we're really jumping in. Um, we are also testing out a new record format, which is I'm at PD's house right now. Yes, and, this, is our, um, this is our inaugural face-to-face This is the first time session. I've been really looking you in the eye and not looking at my computer screen. Right. Looking you in the eye, which is nice because zooming all week and everything, you're like, oh, it's nice to get some F two F. Always on the, I'm always on the video calls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, so thank you, listeners, for bearing with us. Another audio change. I think um, this is, you know, we were working on the levels beforehand. I think this is okay. We'll see when I when we do this when I look at it in post. Yeah. 
And let me just say, I think your nickname should be Avicii because you are on the levels. Wow, thank you so <laughs> much. <laughs> yeah, everyone can call me Avicii now. <laughs> okay, let's not, let's not go too far. Um, but yeah, so today's episode, we're covering season two, episode one. And again, guys, please remember we're doing the broadcast order, not the production order. Correct. Oh, Petey got to grab his notebook. I have to grab my notebook. I know. I was ill-prepared for this test. This is like one of those high school nightmares where you don't wear pants. But your penis has all the answers written on it. <laughs> <laughs> has all the answers on it. Well, no, you just go D for dong. I guess you could go C for cock. Or A for ass. Or B for balls. Oh, I was going to go boobs first. What a, well, if you so don't have pants on. My Shyamalan, what a twist. If you don't have pants on, then... We don't know if we can see your boobs. You might have oh, a shirt on, true. but if you don't have pants, we can Call see your balls. Call it ass, cock, balls, dick. <laughs> balls, cock, dick. <laughs> Alphabetical order. <laughs> true, fair. Clearly, I didn't pass that test. I'm glad we had this conversation when I just told my parents to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, speaking of parents, I was given some feedback on, on the earlier episodes by my father that I'm not supposed to say fuck as much as I do. But Well, wasn't it in relation to I don't curse enough and you <laughs> curse too much? So really the average is fine. We just need to right, make sure that the sure. variance is less. But you know when your parents tell you something like, and you don't want to, like, I think from age or on your parents tell you something you're like i don't want to do that yeah it's an automatic reaction yeah so fuck that <laughs> fuck that see i all i need to do is curse more oh there um, you go yeah but yeah so today we're doing season two episode one broadcast order thank you mm-hmm. and it is a flight to remember mm-hmm. um this is i think pd and i both like this episode a lot it is um broadly a titanic Parody. Um, they take a cruise on a large space liner that is literally just called the Titanic, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is obviously a cursed name at this point. Right. And and I feel like they could have gotten a lot more clever with that, like titanium. Like that's Yeah, I was know. kind of, I almost wrote down like a bit on the nose, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, um, uh, they are um doing no they're doing the intro and we were just talking about how there's that's definitely an illusion like it's like dun 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 oh yeah yeah to each uh like component everyone's of the reaction to going on this titanic cruise yeah exactly yeah which i i found very entertaining but no all all, all together i think this episode is pretty strong it's um, a lot of character development. You see a lot of Fry and Leela back and forth. You see some Fry and Amy, which kind of foreshadows some relationships later on in season two mm-hmm. and three. You see uh, Bender becoming a more, or I should say, a less one-dimensional character. Yes, I wrote that where, down too. Yeah, where he's he's getting kind of emotions. He is not just like, uh, screw you, meatbags, I want cash. It's kind of like, oh no, my friends matter he's, a little bit more. He's complicated. Yeah, exactly. And I do. We should we we should talk about that when we get into it. Um, before we get into the episode, let's do a little bit of good news, everyone. Ah, correct. You want to go first, PD? Uh, no. Okay. But I will. Well, I've got oh, <laughs> I've got one locked and loaded. Oh my gosh! Shoot it out. Let's. And you know that I always have the the good news. I always have. I feel like is is sort of meta because right now my pet project is this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I spend a lot of my time looking at our stats, etc. And, well, hey, guys, let's bring it up. You guys are... Whoa, whoa. Before what? you get into this. What? I think this is both of our good news. I think we need to share this one. Because I can, I can throw something out there, but it's okay, not well, as good news as hell. Yeah, as this I mean, is. we're both involved. I'm just the one who has to log into all the things. That's <laughs> okay. No, I didn't mean that as a dick. I know <laughs> well, you didn't at all. But it was I'm like, just saying... I'm just else along and all <laughs> I more so mean that, like... He's logging in I'm, right like, now. habitually checking how many <laughs> listens we have because I am... Um, this is exciting. But no, guys, we have an estimated 11 unique listeners at Hello. this point. Um, season or season one, episode five dropped today. So as you yeah. can tell, we're, we do record these in advance. Um, but, I was just going to say, go check it out, but that will be way in the past. So check well, this episode hey, out. If, if, if you're listening to this episode before any of the previous episodes, right, this could be yeah. a season two fresh start. Abs- yeah, very then, well. Very well then, um, then yeah, please check out season one. Um, no, but season one, episode five dropped this morning at midnight and we already have three plays. 
Damn. Well, people are keeping up with it, and that is so freaking exciting. That's amazing. And, like, we're just, we're, I mean, honestly, we're excited to do this together, but the fact that people enjoy listening to it is above and beyond what we, well, at least particularly what I expected. Yeah. But I, I love it. You were totally right. Like, people do enjoy listening to to us. I, I was going to say two handsome gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can tell <laughs> how handsome about, we are. Why <laughs> about stupid television? <laughs> Exactly. Well, and it's not stupid. Um, uh, no, no. Dare, no, but I think the my goal in this was, one, have a good time with my guy, and two, sh- because I enjoyed this type of conversational hangout podcast so much when I listened to it, mm-hmm. I really would like to start an experience with other people and sort of share that with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely, as more people kind of – come on board, I would love to figure out better ways to like engage with other people. We got the Patreon, so please do check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash world of tomorrow pod. Um, and the, we've got our tiers set up now. Um, mm-hmm. Delivery boy, $2 a month that you get episode, access to episodes a week early. So if you listen to season five this morning, you could have been listening to season, or sorry, episode five this morning. You yes. could have been listening yeah, to yeah. episode six this morning. Just saying. And you know what? Uh, that's a pr- pretty big deal because if you start listening to this in your friend group, you're going to have all the insights. Like, exactly. oh, just wait. You can be the asshole who's seen it before everyone else. And then you can goad your friends into also signing up to support us on Patreon at yes. the delivery boy level. Eggs crackly. Eggs, <laughs> eggs, eggs crackly. Um, so anywho, yeah, I really, I'm, I'm loving this. One way, too, you guys can um, interact with us is if you go to anchor.fm slash worldoftomorrow slash message, you you can record us voicemails mm-hmm. through your computer, and we then get access to that. We can listen to it. We can include it in our episodes, and I think we would love to have people's voicemails uh, left there. So if you do oh, yeah. leave us a voicemail, um, we'll play it on the next episode, the next time we record, and we'll give you a shout-out. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm very excited about those. Those. I mean, just hearing people and like you know, let us know where you're listening from, how old you are, uh, if you're male or female, age, uh, sex, location, <laughs> ASL. Uh, maybe take a picture of me uh, and just, just let me know if you bang. I don't know. Just just if, throwing them out. If you have a good view into Daniel's window at night, snap a couple pics. Snap and a couple pics. Leave those ominously in our Gmail. <laughs> Worldoftomorrowpod at gmail.com. Worldoftomorrowpod at gmail.com. Perfect. But yeah, uh, we will yeah. check messages. Um, you know, obviously we don't have a ton of action yet, and we do appreciate every listener's Sing, you know, every listener's listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to be able to encourage more of that. And if you uh, leave us a message or an email, we will get back to you. Yeah. That is that is our solemn swear. Um, you know, we have busy lives, but this is this is who we are. This is what we do. And, this is us. And I Welcome also, to 40. I lied when I wanted to say I, I claim this is both of our good news because I also have good news. Oh, okay, great. Uh, I have been in correspondence with a unique certain individual named unique Martin. New York. Unique New York. Oh, and I'm also familiar with Martin. Uh, correct. A, a mutual acquaintance well, I think of we, ours. I think we talked about him earlier in a previous episode. Yes, yes, we did. Uh, Our artist friend. There was an air of mystery going on. There's an air of mystery. Oh, I, I ruined it. Correct. But <laughs> uh, we got some feedback or and some um, early sketches, and we sent some details. So some wire our, frames. Yes, exactly. Some some frames, and um, our album artwork is well on its way. So we're gonna have some nice, surprising artwork for you guys. We we talked through. We've got some fun details in there. You'll get to see um, Martin's skill and some. Fun little, uh, little, little playful uh, direction we went with it. So I'm very excited for everyone to see that. And once we get that up, we'll put it on uh, each of our different um, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, stuff. and wherever you may get your casts. And eventually, you know, we want this to be. Um, I think Martin is a is an artist that we want to support too. So we yes. want to continue going back to him for for stuff in the future, mm. whether that's like you know, our podcast kind of like album art change, whether that's like 
merch, like T-shirts. I feel mm-hmm. like that would be fun eventually. Mm-hmm. I know we've got hella quotes in here that we could definitely turn into a T-shirt. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and then ima- asking Martin to sort of imagine what the visual aspect of Martin, that. Martin, can you imagine what too much ham in the input drive would look like? That was literally my number one <laughs> idea for a T-shirt. Uh, yes. So keep keep uh, keep your eyes peeled yep, and stay yeah. tuned. So more to come on our art updates. Um, season two is also where we want to get started with getting guests on the pod. Um, we had a, our our friend. Um, well, I don't want to call him out because he's a little he's been a little nervous to join. But I'm trying to get him let him know that this is a comforting space. It's a safe mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also loves Futurama, but. I don't think he's really much of a performer the way PD and I are. You know, we were born for the stage. We were, yes. <clears throat> uh, if you don't know this, uh, we're actually um, half brothers. Our mom is Liza Minnelli. Yes. <laughs> I was born for the stage. But Liza Minnelli, as her character in Arrested Development. <laughs> Buster, you're giving me the dizzies. <laughs> Well, anyway, let us. This jump. show is about Futurama. Yes, this show is not about. Maybe one day we'll do Arrested Development, but um, oh, yeah. let us jump into the episode so we can. This, as I mentioned, this is kind of a is kind of a Titanic parody. Um, yeah, it's a uh, scrubber. Yeah, um, it's very entertaining. I love how the kind of the beginning sequence we hear uh, the professor tell everyone that they're going to go on vacation. And Fry mentions, oh, that's great. I haven't had time off from 21 to 24. I was like, oh, that's funny. And I kind of thought about it. And I was like, oh, my God. I only ever took, like, an actual vacation from, like, 22. Like, when I started my, like, adult career, which I still don't consider myself an adult. But 22 to maybe, like, 26. The only time off I ever had I had to use for weddings and then like holidays. Like I never took a vacation and it was like, right. I'm going to go to the Bahamas. I'm going to go to the beach. It was like, that is so foreign to me. Like actually going on a vacation. Oh yeah, exactly. Not with my parents. And yeah, not with my parents. Not like, Oh, I'm going to go meet someone or meet up with my family in like, you know, Boston or in Maine or like in Portland or whatever it is. It was always like doing that. And I think I need to take more like, Oh, okay. I need to like relax and get away from exactly people. not like i need to go and be with a bunch of people like decompression vacation instead of like 100%. hyper-compress with a bunch of people and then come back straight to work 100 percent um yeah and i love too that so that we the start episode starts with the professor like they get back from a mission that they really did not like and it was on like a cannibal planet so they're all like <laughs> kind of fucked up and the professor is like telling them as always good news and he's basically telling them like hey like we're gonna do a company vacation and I was thinking to myself before the professor says anything about it, I'm like, wow, he's doing one nice thing for his employees because normally he's just like exploiting them. <laughs> and then immediately after that, the professor mentions like this hopefully will help you turn a blind eye to all of the like labor like, <laughs> violations, crime, violations <laughs> yeah. that I've, that I've all made. The OSHA problems we've got. Exactly. Um, so like even the professor knows that he's like super exploitative, but he just like straight up doesn't care because these people are like desperate enough to to work for him or whatever. Yeah. Um, so this is where they find out they're going on like a cruise uh, that is like a space version of the Titanic. Um, and this is a, this is a zap heavy episode. Um, but it's also, as we continue on with these early seasons, it's, it's another episode of firsts. Cause I think this is the first time we see Amy's parents, right? Yeah. This is the first time we see Amy's uh, parents. This is the first time we see Amy and Kiff's kind of spark of love. This is the first time shit. There was, Oh, first time we see the guy with the nine and the foil hat. Yeah. The, the like parrot or the like conspiracy theory guy who um, comes into the episode. Is it one of the movies? Oh no, wait. Didn't we see him when he sells Fry a camera? He like uses his feet and he's like, gotcha. Or is that another episode I'm thinking of? I don't think we've watched that one yet. Okay. When you, when you see this series a hundred times through, it's very hard. It sort to of blurs see. together. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to figure out which ones you haven't seen, but yes, first for him too. So there was, this was definitely, Oh, one other first I wanted to mention was also, um, we get a lot of their 3d tech too. Like I know we, we talked yep. about it in, um, the episode where, uh, they go to the robot homeworld. Uh, I think season one, episode seven, uh, but this time it was like way better with, uh, the countess and yeah, and I was, I had written that down too. Um, cause I've been, I liked, I, I find like 
CGI stuff to be really interesting, and the choice of doing that on an animated, a traditional 2D animation show is is interesting because it is it, it can be expensive, but it can also be better for non-organic objects, which is, I think, why they do it with like robots specifically, because as you sort of are th- in 3D moving your perspective mm-hmm. around something, it's much easier if it has like rigid edges the way a robot would, rather than if you try to make Fry or the Professor CG, they would look like, well, and I guess it, they would look like they're in the Simpsons video game. Right. Which Bender yeah. kind of does, but it works because he's a robot. And they only use it in limited scenes, but like especially when there's like a lot of rotation going on, mm-hmm. we'll get to that eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of like interesting choices as far as that goes. Yeah, and they also both have like very simple shapes. They don't have like clothes and hair. That if it looks like one piece, it looks worse. Uh, but having simple shapes with no lines and hyper detailed is a lot easier to yeah. render in three D. Um, and just like yeah, certain perspective things, but. Um, but yeah, so they 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 go to get on board the ship, and they find out that the the Titanic ship is um, captained by none other than Zap Brannigan, who um, defeated the retired people of assist, the assisting <laughs> assisted living nebula, which is just like Zap's like the running joke being that Zap uh, all he defeats is like helpless populations that were not violent or aggressive at all and have no business being thwarted, um, but yet he's still like celebrated as like the ultimate war hero. And we learned that like his the people that he discussed most in the universe are uh the neutrals of the neutral planet. <laughs> they won't take a side. <laughs> yeah. Uh when they're like about to die, the president says, Tell my wife I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But we we continue on. <clears throat> yeah, so uh Zap is introduced as the captain, um, and he's basically says something along the lines of like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna fly this ship. Uh, I'm gonna fly the ship's brains out." <laughs> um, but then when when Fry and Leela and, and the crew are boarding, Zap and Kiff are sort of standing there welcoming people aboard, and you know that's when Leela's like, "Oh God, like I have to talk to, talk to Zap." And so this is a like one of the important plot points of the episode is that Leela starts a fake relationship with Fry so that she doesn't have to deal with Zap as much. But then mm. so does Amy. Amy starts a fake relationship with Fry because her parents are on board and she didn't know that. And they're constantly hassling her for grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, that's also the kind of the beginning of this trope, like where grandma uh, is, well, I guess she's not grandma yet. Mom is like very baby crazy and like wants her to basically bang anyone she can anyone, find anyone <laughs> and just sire children her when her like hey here's like an eligible bachelor like how desperate she is is shown through they're trying to set amy up with a guy and they point and it's like this massive like 500 pound fat guy <laughs> eating at the buffet like being disgusting he's like giving the bisque the shocker yeah <laughs> yeah he's like putting his fingers into the bisque <laughs> Um, but then that's when Amy is sort of like, well, shit, I'll just pretend Fry is my boyfriend and I won't have to like date this, um, gross dude. Um, and this is also right around the same time where we get, uh, introduced to the Countess Della Roca, who is basically robo loyalty and, uh, Bender and she kind of catch eyes as they're heading to their room and she sees Bender thinking that he's, he's a wealthy man bot so we've got his magnetic bow tie. <laughs> yeah, he has one magnetic bow tie on. But just the idea and the trope of like, there's like a 1912 like dressed robot. Yeah, but the like, what is the thing, like the like hard shell dress that used to be big? What is that called? Oh, I know what this is. Uh, um, not a penis. Uh, a penis. Uh, <laughs> or it will never not be funny to me. Um, no, motherfucker, because they just had this in um, uh, The Great, which is also a wonderful series. Shout out to The Great. Uh, but it's called, you know what? Okay. Well, let's continue. Okay. I'm going to PD really looks hard it up, not I'll, Google. While PD looks it up, I'll talk. Um, so anyway, she's wearing one of those like old-fashioned sort of dresses, or rather, I guess it's built onto her because she's a robot. Yeah. Um, but, oh, one thing, too, that is great about they – where Bender sees this like rich lady basically is they're in the first class area and the professor's room is like this big suite. 
and everyone's like, wow, this is so nice. And like Hermes and his wife get to stay in the room and like Zoidberg has like a lobster tank a all to himself, tank. a marble tank all to himself. And then they're like, wow, professor, this is like nice digs. And he's like, well, they're going to look even better like compared to where you're staying. <laughs> and they're going to the Fiesta deck, which first of all is such an amazing name for a cruise ship, yes. like value line kind of thing. And that is like one thing that has been, that drives me fucking nuts is like how much companies just try to add words that make it confusing to what you're getting to make it sound nicer. Mm, yeah. Like it ranges from things like you buy a bottle of water and it'll be like, this is 100% pure water. And you're like, yeah, it better yeah, not have any other up. thing in it. <laughs> Why would Was you need to be so redundant about how much this is water and is not something else? Um, but then all the way up to things like you get on United and you're like, okay, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy United basic economy, Mm -hmm. but that really is less than what you'd think because they added it recently. And really that's United economy minus. Right. And then there's economy plus, which is what the status quo would be, which is like you get a carry on and shit like that. And more leg room if you get like economy plus plus. And then there's there's so many dumb, ugh. Anyway, yeah, so many iterations. They're always trying to get you to upgrade, and it's just like, just like make a standardized thing and just charge me. Like there should be a, three tiers starting out with delivery boy. That's it. And the second tier should be bending unit, and the third tier <laughs> should, should be, be ship captain. captain. <laughs> and you should go to Patreon.com/slash/WorldOfTomorrowPod to find those. Can you shout out to your what? own pod on your on your own pod, or does that create a time nexus that's going to destroy the world? Oh, we've certainly created a time nexus. <laughs> time nexus. <laughs> that ship has sailed. That Fiesta deck has sailed. So we are and and we are now recording this in an infinite void. Uh, time does not exist, and space is a singularity. Correct, and the only currency is listeners. So hit that, jam that like button. <laughs> yeah, rate us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can rate on other platforms but five stars on apple podcast does go a long way so thank mm-hmm. you for your support mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> so they go down to the fiesta deck um and pd and i both loved that when they get in there there's like a little paper it's like a little like thin cloth kind of papery curtain <laughs> yes. and fry lifts it up one of the, the like what do you what would you yeah, call the old fashion like, thing roller, like, yeah old-fashioned yeah. like paper rollers so that's got like a string and a ring at the bottom uh-huh. and it's like, whoosh, yeah. like it's in every daffy duck cartoon yeah, every old like Looney Tunes thing has this. <laughs> yeah, it's like a draw, uh, draw, drawstring uh, window cover, window shade. But they lift it up, and it's like a reactor vent, and like basically like superheated uh, radioactive exhaust. <laughs> it's coming into the room, but all there is is like a piece of paper in front of it, basically to keep it out, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is funny. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Bender catches the the eye of this like. The, the, the Countess, Countess De La Roca. De La Roca. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they start dating, she's like, oh, Bender, like, do you mind if I freshen up a little bit? And Bender's like, I was just about to suggest the same thing. <laughs> Which I love this moment of like, it has that old-fashioned kind of like, um, like misogyny to it where it's like men would be like, you need to look proper all the time and this sort of like I'm going to tell you what to do type of thing but it has like coming from Bender it has this sort of like he doesn't really I don't know it's just like a power move I guess yeah well it's yeah it's very like the like Bender's like blase I don't give a damn about anyone but myself but he also um you know kind of changes his tune a little bit later when he's actually in this exact scene when he's about to pilfer uh, her giant diamond bracelet. And then she ends up like kind of semi catching him, I guess, to putting it in his container. But it doesn't seem like she really recognizes that he's going to take yeah, it. Yeah, she, she's just admiring it. Bender's been kind of stealing from her because uh, at first he just sees her as a mark, but then he starts mm. to fall in love. And this is kind of gets to the Bender being a complicated character, um, which we might as well dive into. The I think it's really interesting actually because Bender is probably the most complex character. I think I'm going to like we can say that now and we'll update it as we go yeah. through, you know through the seasons but I feel like everyone has some complexity to them, something that they are like self-conscious about, something that they're confident in, but Bender's range of like emotional kind of changes, I feel like is way bigger than everybody else's cuz he is kind of this anti-hero. He's kind of 
scum the way that like mm-hmm. it's always sunny characters are like you like them but you know you recognize that they're, they're an sacks asshole. of trash yeah. yeah but at the same time like bender will fall in love or bender will do something for his he'll sacrifice for his friend we already we talked about that last season mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like he was he cut off his antenna um, so, that he, so that he could hang out with uh fry so that he could live with fry yeah and it's like that is a lot of sacrifice for somebody who generally only cares about themselves. Yes, and who disdains all humans. Yeah, and who uh, wants to kill all humans. And I think that also has to do with the popularity, right? They they write a lot more complex for characters who become more and more popular. I feel like Leela gets that, and I believe season three when it's re- it's revealed that not or she is not a space alien, but she is a super- right. She's a like an orphan mutant. Yeah. Spoiler alert. And. Uh, yeah, we get a lot of background and descent into a lot of the characters, but um, they also basically write background in, in, in for Bender, right? They write him like growing up and like doing these things and like where he used yeah. to be before Planet Express. And that's not really something that you can do with a standard like one dimensional robo character. Well, now that you say it like that, I'm realizing he's probably just a very convenient plot mechanic for them, like a, like a mm. conveyor for plot stuff because. But I do think that they do a good job of it. It doesn't feel like it's super um, ham-fisted, not to make you salivate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think? <laughs> Dan Sylvania, uh, I guess you probably just like the ham because it's like... Porcine, you, want like, like a, you want like a raw ham that's like bloody, right? Oh, no question. Or just like suck on a pig. I want to suck that pig. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go somewhere completely different with that, but okay. Yeah. I want to record scratch. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. Um, but no, I mean, and, and this is also an episode that really uh, kind of calls out Bender like that. Uh, but my favorite part is, and I know I'm skipping way ahead to the very end when he kind of goes back to being good old Bender. Like, he's right. like, uh, Oh, um, and this is the only thing I have left of her. How much is it worth? And and um, Hermes says it's fake, Mon. And <laughs> he like welches, no. And that's yeah. the very end of the episode. Like, okay, yes. He's, he's like, more upset about the jewelry in the end than he actually was about the Countess. Oh, well, I, I guess I saw that. I interpreted that as he's like, well, I lost her, but at least I have this expensive item. Oh. And then he's like, not even the item isn't expensive because it's fake. Interesting. And I that's like why he's like, oh, well, she's gone now. Like, I've got this. And like, that's what I was after all this, this whole time. But we probably a bit of both, though, to be honest, because it is like one of those, like the classic sort of like 90s, early 2000s teen rom-com trope of like the jock is makes a bet with his friends to ask the nerdy girl out to prom. Mm, yeah. Um, and she thinks it's genuine. And then he actually does fall in love. And then he has to admit that to her. And then the, like, what is it? The darkest, what is the, the in, in like scripts, there's like a, there's like a term. The, the dark night of the soul. Uh, the uh, dark night of the soul is like the, that low point in the movie right before the, the climax. I hate those. I would want a movie without those. Just give me a no, movie. Because then like, it makes you appreciate the resolution in the end. Uh, it's gonna be a movie with like a bunch of bunch of guys hanging dong, and it's only no, happy porn. Yes, you know what? <laughs> just okay. me. Just that's what it is. I don't think porn really has Dark Knight of the Soul. You're <laughs> <laughs> not watching the art house stuff that I watch, or uh, or the as we alluded to in the last um, in one of our previous episodes, Daniel's uh, Tumblr porn preferences. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> uh, which will be a. X-rated special episode. Ding, ding, dong. Um, so you probably will need to, uh, you know, maybe be a ship captain or something to hear I that one. Ship captain content, yeah. I need, I am not a cheap date. I need six yeah. bucks for that. Oh, ship, I'm sorry to break it to you. Ship captain is $7. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? People with expensive taste who like to hear the nasty and the pasty, do it. Hell yeah. Well, and you, you get a lot of other benefits from Ship Captain, just so people know. You also, including what you get for all of the delivery boy and bending unit um, mm-hmm. rewards, you also um, you get your name shouted out on on episodes. Mm-hmm. You also it doesn't have to be your real name. I don't have it up in front of me, so I, I can't remember all of them. Um, but you also get epi- access to special episode content like this, which I think most of them you'll be able to hear in the bending unit support tier mm-hmm. um but you know special saucy episodes like this absolutely you got to be a ship captain 
Yeah. Um, we'll it up for I mean, you. hell, we might even do, with sh- for the ship captains, like, you guys are royalty if you become a ship captain. I'm That's just true. saying that. So, like, we'll do Q&As and shit. Like, we'll do yeah, practically Q&A. anything. We will, you know what? We'll call you for two minutes. I'll call you and talk to you for two minutes. And when two minutes is up, yeah, it's we could 50 do, cents a minute ooh, afterwards. We could do, like, Zoom we could do like Zoom hangouts with the oh, ship captain. Oh yeah, okay. Okay. So I guys, it's literally limitless what you what we can do together. The limit um, does not exist. Does not exist. <laughs> um, so, anyways, so uh, we, sorry, but we we love plugging this, and if you're let's just catch trying to get better at two, it, yeah, we'll be exactly. a little we'll, more organic yeah. about it. Uh, yeah, organic, organized, uh, org alorg, destroy of worlds. Destroyer of worlds. Um, one thing in here too that I I really enjoyed is that we get a peek into Hermes' past. Yes, because which, this is when we learn that Hermes is a world class limboer, and he's uh, he's limboed at the Earth Olympics, which is just called the Olympics. <laughs> right, like, right, Olympics right. And I was like, that uh, already you know is that's, a worldwide that's thing. a worldwide thing already, which is funny, also though. is going. But that on implies right that now. there's other Olympics. In the other, Mars Olympics, right, Saturn. Exactly. Okay, yeah, true. Versus uh, like the way Nixon is like president of the world, right, right, exactly. Which can get a little messy and written to uh, convenience rather than to canon. Yes, um, but so we learn that Hermes is like a world class limboer, and he's actually traumatized. Hermes, this is like the first time we really get because I feel like in season one, Hermes is very flat because he's just a bureaucrat, so he's right. kind of just there to be. A bit of a straight character, um, and kind of a, a rule enforcer. Like you can't, yeah, you exactly. can't do that. It's against the rules. And Fry's like, "I'm foolhardy. I'm going to do it anyways." Well, and like relative to the professor, who is about rules, the professor is like goofier and kind of more chaotic. Whereas Hermes, as a bureaucrat, is like predictable and consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, in, in right before he competes, he's already a well-known in you know, ostensibly the gold medal round. I don't know. Yeah. Um, in, of Limbo, he he's already well known, and there's a little kid in the crowd who's got a Hermes T-shirt, and he's like, "Hermes, Hermes!" <laughs> and it's motherfucking Tress McNeil as a child. The voice actor is so good because, like, she is so good for that. It's so it's perfect. All it's, the, yeah, it's just like it's just high pitched enough, like uh-huh. it's just believable enough that it's not an adult. But if you've heard her in other things, you're like, "That's clearly her," and it's like, "Hermes, you're my favorite." And it's like it, it, but, it, but also because. Because it's her, it has this like beautiful element of like the joke in this part basically is that uh, the kid is so excited. He's like, I want to be like Hermes. And so he runs out onto the track and he runs to the to the limbo thing, which is already set really low. Right. Imagine how high a uh, Olympic high jumper <laughs> would have to jump on their first one. You or me couldn't do that. So it's the same thing with limbo, but it's lower. And he tries and, he, and Hermes is like. No, don't do it, man. Like, <laughs> and your your spine can't handle it. It's too low. <laughs> you just hear this like anguished, <laughs> and then like a spine breaking. And then Hermes' reaction is like, "Oh, it's." But oh, I love it because he's God. like, he's like, I'm just like Hermes. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, basically, it's not just that the kid was injured. Hermes later says something that indicates that the kid died that day, <laughs> which is fucked up. Yeah. But basically, ever since then, Hermes hasn't been able to do his normal limbo abilities, um, which comes into handy um, essentially because, just like the Titanic, the ship um, that hits a, a comet, basically a space iceberg, um, and the reason for that too is great because it's a cruise, it's a leisure cruise. So they're just going like point A to point B and just enjoy the Slow smooth ride on the way there. Um, but the cat, Zap Brannigan's like, I've got the captain's itch. And basically <laughs> just means like he wants adventure. I'll get the powder. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Kiff has this sort of diagram of like what the route is. And it's literally just like a straight line from earth to another planet. And Zap draws this like squiggly line. Is like, this ought to do. Um, and he's like, but sir, this goes right through a cluster of comets. And he's like, good, you know, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, so they they essentially get hit by a, a comet, and which is um, a, a sky asteroid or a sky iceberg, as they call it, a space iceberg, right? Yeah. What I'm just realizing, I got it wrong. They don't. They're not trying to escape because of the comets. They're trying to escape because 
to avoid the comets, they go into a black hole on it. Right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's that's why they're trying to escape the ship. Everyone's trying to get to the back end to the escape pods, mm-hmm. which is also obviously just a reference to the lifeboat situation. Mm-hmm. Although I guess everyone did pretty much get off. It seems like it wasn't. Well, the ship. I love how the ship map cracks in half right where the ship. Yeah, cracks, cracks in half. that is a great um, little like storytelling detail Hot device to like show you. Yeah, in a like figurative way like what's about to happen i mean they, they then show you literally but it's a great like quick foreshadow thing yeah and it's also like it's so on the nose that you're like you know exactly what's going to happen but you're like oh, okay you kind of feel good for guessing it though right right exactly <laughs> as an uneducated viewer myself i'm like oh, i knew that was coming yeah it does <laughs> yeah, feel nice it. it does feel nice to get those yeah it's a it's a little pat on the back from the writers but um no i i do love yeah, yeah he called them the icebergs of this of the sky um and we kind of get this whole trope of Fry and uh, Leela being engaged so that she can stay away from Zap, and then Fry being engaged, uh, um, not engaged, but uh, Amy's boyfriend, so that um, the Wong family lays off her and can be like, okay, it's Fry's problem now. So he, he's the one who gets to talk about having kids and whatnot. Um, and Fry gets kind of caught in a pickle at the captain's table, and they're like, Yes, Fry, tell us who the person you're dating yeah, is. Because he's fake dating both Amy and Leela. At the same time at the same table. And he's like, His first saw his threes company. What would, what is what it? Scott Bayo, who is, who plays? No, it's, uh, who plays the guy uh, in threes company? It's the guy, who, John Ritter, RIP, God rest his zombie bones. That was John Ritter? Yeah. Oh, what is, Scott Bayo is in. Scott Bakula. Nope. No, that's Joni Loves Chachi? No. no, Scott Bakula is the guy from Time Quantum Quantum Leap. You're thinking of the guy who like did it for. He was like the only conservative in Hollywood, so he like tr- stumped for Trump in 2016. Ugh. Yeah, he was um uh not Chachi, or am I thinking of Wonder Years? You know what? We were born. You're thinking of uh, yeah, we were born, we were born uh, in 1991. Willie's a little bit uh, more haggardly aged than I am. Uh, I guess they typically say age before beauty, uh, as he is two and a half weeks Okay, older. Scott Bayo was Charles in Charge and Joni Loves Chachi, which I think was a spinoff of Happy Days. And he's, so, the, conser- he's the conservative yeah, one, right? Yeah, it does say... It does say on his Wikipedia party, Republican Party. Yes, but um, he like also stumped for Trump, not just a Republican. John Ritter... John Ritter. He remember. I remember. He, yes. I, we yes. Were, okay. I, see I was in now. seventh I grade because I talked to Sarah. Um, uh, my fucking. Uh, Two thousand three. Yeah, we were in seventh grade. Uh, I talked to Sarah. What's her face? Don't uh, age us Quinn. like that. What? Don't age us like that. I literally just said we were both born in 1991, and I talked while you were looking it up for like a, I vamped for a good 90 seconds. <laughs> delayed delayed response. <laughs> Some people just can't listen like others. Anyway, anyway, uh, it goes. Um, uh, anyway, uh, I'm, we're 30 years old. Just so that get that out of the way. ASL, uh, male, 30, San Francisco, American Bay Area. Sign Language. Um, so anyway, R.I.P. John Ritter, and also 1919 to 1990. John Ritter 19 years after his death. What? Why not? Fair, fair. Um, also, what is it? <laughs> 1919 to 2003. Oh, good old Snaggletooth. Snaggletooth. <laughs> What is it? What is it? But what is his name? Uh oh my gosh, what was good old oh my God's name? This is uh, our favorite are, history channel, like Oh my gosh, as the history historian. Reader, I've actually I actually read some of his shit in college too. He has, we he has a three he has a three full namer. Uh yes, he does. Uh and I, I'm guessing you can't just Google Snaggletooth. 1919 to 2003 Snaggletooth historian. History channel. Uh Damn. Now, this is one of PD and I's longest running jokes. And the fact that we can't remember his name is like sad news. Uh, there's got to be one. 19, it was 1919 to 2003, almost exactly, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, we need to like call uh, Ellie or someone who, because <laughs> she was the other person who. Yeah. <gasps> you got it? 
Richard Elliott Newstat. 1919 to 2003. Rest, Rest in, in peace. peace. Shout out to Elliot Richard Elliott Newstat and his descendants. If you're listening, uh, he was our favorite snaggletooth historian. And I actually read some of his shit in college. He does kind of look like an old man version of Andy Daly. From um, He did that Comedy Central show where he like tried stuff out. It was kind of like mockumentary style. He's a... See that skinny guy? He's like blonde. The one who killed Phil, uh, not Phil Lamont. Phil, what's his face? His wife. He was supposed to do. Who's supposed to be the voices of Zapran again? It's not him. <laughs> That's not Andy Daly. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of Andy Dick. Yeah, yeah, no, not. not he killed no. Phil Hartman's wife, who ended up having Phil Hartman too. And Phil Hartman was supposed to be the original Zapran again. I think we've talked. Damn, R.I.P. Phil Hartman, too. He was a fucking legend. We are falling into a fucking graveyard of dead people right now. Well, I mean, you know, it's part of life. Okay, it's part of life. Okay. Uh, okay, well, let's take a step out of the, out of the uh, shallow grave. Well, okay, I just remembered something, too, that I wanted to call out, which is when they're falling into the black hole. So Kiff is basically alerting Zap that, like, oh, if we avoid these comets, we're going to go straight into that black, like, straight into mm-hmm. that thing. Um, and Zap is like, Sorry, I ruined that. <laughs> if it's like, what are we going to do? And Zap is like, why don't we just go towards that blackish holish thing? thing. <laughs> which is the best way to describe a black hole because in some ways it's more accurate. Because it's like, true because we don't literally really a black hole is like an absence of something kind of, right. you know, like we're not really Doesn't seeing anything. Dark matter now? They're like, there's no dark matter there. It's just space or space dark matter. We don't know a lot about dark matter. Don't get me started on black holes. <laughs> I've watched a lot of YouTube videos that mention black holes. Are you a Stephen Hawking fan? Yeah. I mean, I'm not like a bio. I don't know his bio. But is, is I that do find it interesting. Is that also one of your uh, Tumblr searches? Yeah, Stephen Hawking <laughs> assless Stephen chaps. Stephen Hawking assless chaps with black holes. <laughs> um, but anyway, I love that he's so unconcerned about it. And he's like, sure, that blackish holish thing. And it's sort of like dismissive or whatever. Anyway, they, they start falling into the black hole. And um, everyone needs to escape. But I love it. This is, this is a historic, an historic moment. Both are acceptable, A and N. Um, this is where Kiff and Amy get introduced. Yes. Because and they're introduced by the Wongs, right? Right, because Zap... Yeah. Basically, you know, the whole trope that the captain needs to go down with the ship, Zap resigns as captain so he can escape first. <laughs> and literally slaps the sticker on Kiff. <laughs> yeah, and he slaps the badge on Kiff or whatever. And so then the, the Wongs are like, Amy, we found someone for you. It's, he's the captain, and it's Kiff. And Amy sort of has this, we cut to Amy, and she's sort of like, oh. like Yeah, like acting coy. I'm surprised like, oh, and sort of like rather smitten by the way mm-hmm. Kiff looks. Um, so this is really great because honestly, I, the Kiff Amy relationship is my favorite romantic relationship. I hated it for the first couple times. I was like, "Why?" Because it was the first time I was around watching it. And I was like, "She's so hot. Why is she with that loser alien?" And now I'm like, "Oh, that's so sweet." Well, as a as, as a loser someone who, alien now, yes, as someone who identifies with Kiff in a lot of ways, maybe too many ways, <laughs> I'm like, it can happen. <laughs> Wait, who's the character you most identify with? I want to get into this. We don't have to get all the way into it. No, probably Kiff because I'm I'm non-confrontational. I, I sigh a lot. Sighs. Um, <laughs> Usually when I make an off-color joke. Well, yeah, you're you're like <laughs> in some ways you're like gay zap. I can see myself as gay zap, but I could also see myself as um a little a little bit of, of uh, Bender. Uh, yeah, you definitely bender, have some Bender flavor. I was going to go with Zoidberg, but... No, uh, no I what? said Bender accident. You're not Zoidberg. <laughs> Sometimes. So don't we all feel like a Zoidberg? Is well, we all have a little bit of Zoidberg in us, yes. Okay, I feel like, you know what? I'm going to put a challenge out. We need to think about the three characters we most identify with and why. Uh, patrons, if you're listening, you do this right into us and we want to hear it. Yeah, we would love to hear your take on what, on what we you think we are like. Yes, exactly. Uh, so but I want to issue you that can uh, leave us a message at anchor.fm slash worldoftomorrow slash message. Or you can email us at worldoftomorrowpod at gmail.com. Um, better yet, send us a message on Patreon because that means you've already yeah. hit the subscribe button. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can also text me at 42069 blaze it.
Uh, that is the best phone number I've ever, <laughs> ever get. Um, so this, we're at the very end of it, and basically they all mm-hmm. are able to escape, and they're they've been kind of waiting for Bender and his girlfriend, the Countess. Oh, and okay. essentially, they um, the CG we were talking about is when Bender is rescuing her, and they they he puts out a fire, but then like they end up getting submerged in water, and they realize. Oh, the Countess is a, a class, class three, three yacht. <laughs> and so like a propeller comes out of her butt and she like leads him to safety. But they do this sort of thing where it's CG and they're kind of she's kind of going Spare around the room yeah. and like taking off. And it's like I think it would just been a lot more expensive to animate that perspective wise. Yes. Like yeah. because they're coming towards the camera, away from the camera, towards the camera. And so like it's not as simple as just kind of like some of the movements they might set up in a or like the countess animation. laying on her back and then they just go straight up kind of right thing. exactly yeah. um, because all that perspective stuff gets built into the modeling like the render and, and rather and than having to actually ever to that. do each three sixty angle of that like you have yeah. to do that and then that you as they're also not only do you have to do three hundred sixty degrees around. But you also have to to think about how they're lifting up. So you have to do the bottom of Bender's foot cups. You have to do the bottom of the Countess's like dress uh, and to, unit part. And to draw that the way you would any other of the typical like animation, like inking it or whatever. Like I think it was just hard to keep the the shapes consistent so that the mm-hmm. perspective doesn't get warped. You yeah. can do that warping for style. Like a lot of anime will have that where it's like someone's doing something very fast and so it'll look like their arm is bending or something. And it's really to add drama to that moment. But in mm-hmm. Futurama doesn't really do that. So like they need to keep that style consistent. So yeah. it makes sense to just do the the CG. Yeah, exactly. But they also have a, a, a really good uh, 3D CG um, uh, kiss uh, kind of at the end as well. Like Right, it's sort of a by. 360. It, the camera's like rotating around them. Yeah, exactly. Which and is so like same kind of diff- same thing really going and on. And you can tell that this is like a production season two uh, uh, episode. What's the, what do you call the first? The uh, premiere. premiere. Yeah. The like premiere. They're, they're probably spending a lot of money marketing on this one. Like, we need to get more viewers. So let's show them like a really good, splashy visual episode. And this one's one they go for, which I, I think is a good idea. This is a good one. Um, but yeah, so we, we get to the, um, well, the ships. Well, yeah, uh, so they get to the, they finally, Bender and the Countess get to the space pods. Um, and it just takes off, and Bender leaps after it. And so he's holding on to the back of the ship, but also holding on to the Countess with his other hand. Through, his, through the bracelet. So it's kind of like a classic like cliff moment of like, you have to let me go. Like mm-hmm. I'm weighing us down. And Bender like truly doesn't want to let her go. And Excuse me? Yeah. Uh, the uh, selfless Countess kind of is just like, no, let me go. And she like, the, the chain does end up breaking. I don't think he actually lets her go. Right, you know, and if any, yeah, exactly. Like their hands slip, and then they're holding onto the the sort of diamond chain, um, but then that ends up breaking because she just weighs so much, and the black hole is sucking her in. So she lets go, and the the ship gets away. And Bender has this moment of like, mm-hmm. well, how much is it worth? And, <laughs> and Hermes is like, it's worthless, mom. It's fake, mom. <laughs> yeah, it's fake, mom. Yeah, and then he just wails, and then. Shoot to background executive producer. <laughs> yeah, so that too. Overall, though, okay. Well, let's do. Um, now that we wrapped up the epi, do you want to jump into some trivia? Trivia. I've got some good ones. Okay, PD is the trivia master. I'm. I thoroughly enjoy trivia. It's one of the only things I'm good at on this earth. It's the thing that I can never seem to have a good grasp on. How it's either too easy or too hard. I think I might also have like a very slight form of numerical autism because I tend to write down lots of numbers and dates in my thing. Like, uh, do you know? July 4th, 1992. 1992, humidity, 32%. Uh, <laughs> You're like an almanac. <laughs> yeah. my, my personal diary is just the farmer's almanac. <laughs> yeah, from 1820. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, okay, are you ready for some trivia? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, when Bender is in the casino, when he is uh, gambling ogling the countess he's playing it looked like uh roulette uh bender loses because his cheating unit malfunctioned says i want a do-over the garçon says i'm sorry sir the house limit is blank three do Ah! (laughs) and i'll 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 do some extra credit they're not playing roulette they're playing craps he's rolling dice oh fuck that's uh oh yeah you're right that's 
Okay, wow. You know what? Hoisted by my own crouton. Nope. Crouton. Cr crouton, yes. Um, okay, uh, okay, 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 okay. Um, okay, that was a good one. That um, was a good one. Next one is pretty tough. Okay. Uh, so Bender is complimenting the Countess when he gets caught with the bracelet. And she says, it's lovely, isn't it? He says, only blank percent of the lovely as you are. And oh. she says, either that's a computing error, or you're the most romantic robot I've ever met. <laughs> I want to say 10%? It's only 10% as beautiful as, lovely as, you, as are. you are? Really high number. Think, think, think conversely. Or 90%. Close. And then what was the number that you just said? 90-10%. I'm going to give you a miss on that one. 93% as lovely. Oh. Only 93% as lovely. <laughs> Why did you say, what, remember the other number after I said 90? Oh, because three. Oh, from the other question. Okay. Yeah, okay. sorry, that was not clear. I, was like, I, I misled you on purpose because this one was extra hard and I, I need it. 90-10. <laughs> uh, and then I have one. Do you have, do you have any? Did you, can you scrape together okay. any? Okay, let me compute. Let me compute. Computing... E the ball. Oh, you're not coming in on that one. You're t you're you gotta put it up right to your lips. E the ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Not coming in. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Okay. This is too easy because you're a bisque lover too. I was gonna say, what type of bisque is Amy eating? Oh, it, it, actually, technically, they don't say it because I was right. keeping an eye on it. What color it's, is it? Uh, it could be either crab or lobster. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say lobster, presumably. But presumably on a cruise. That's a good. That's a good. Um, but yeah. I knew you were gonna know because you love bisque. Oh my god, I love and I love making bisque. You're basically that guy bisque. doing like the fingering <laughs> the bisque. I am. I am Zap Brannigan when he eats and puts a pile of parmesan or parmesan cheese on his plate. Parmesan. Who <laughs> sucks down bisque? Oh my god! Thank God for metabolism and smoking being an appetite suppressor. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't think I have any good trivia for this one. Okay, I'll get, I've got one more for okay. me and you. Hit me with the... I'll answer you. I'll answer if you don't. Okay. What, what year was Hermes in the Earth Olympics? Oh, uh, 2980. Yes, yes correct. correct. Oh, my gosh. For some reason, I wrote down 2080, but I think I didn't beforehand. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be 1980. Is yeah, like exactly. Like the, the 1980 comparisons. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you a point for that. Wait, I just realized... It says Earth Olympics, and Hermes' jersey says Earth. So that means yeah. that everyone's on the same team. Wait. There would have to be other planets represented at the Earth Olympics. Yeah, Otherwise, everyone is just Olympics, Earth. Where you, you get all nine planets together in Earth, or are they right. all just competing together? Well, isn't there one where it's like... The yeah, Barbados Slim has a Jamaican jersey on when we see right. the Earth Olympics one. So maybe Hermes is on like the there is like the international. Remember, there's yeah, because uh, like the, the the something the of French stereotype country. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 that one. I was talking about reality because I watched the Olympics opening ceremonies yes, last the, night. The the but they always have one that's like people who don't have a home country or they're or like, like Russia right now. Yeah, yeah right. The, the, the Russian, Russian Olympic Committee, but there's the Independent Olympic Committee. So maybe that Hermes was on like the yeah. I think that's like where like if you're like. A North Korean athlete, if you're North you Korean, or if you're like like team. Syrian and you don't want to run for your country, but you can't claim another nationality, or you're whatever, like a political dissident in China, you can run, or are you not run? You can well um, only if you're on track. Yeah, you can compete um, <laughs> for a different uh, on the independent Olympic. I see. Okay, well, I don't have any trivia, so. God damn, I give, I've been giving the points to Petey over here. I mean, I think I just, I'll just, we'll call this one, uh, we both get the points. Yeah, well, my brain is filled with, like, today my brain is filled with, like, I hope I have all my gear with me. Do uh, you know what? I'm going to give you the points, and I'm not going to take any, because you lugged all your shit over here. That's no, just no, but you, I am. but you deserve, this is all, it's only fair, it's consistency, you need to get a point, it's like, it's like a default thing, like. I didn't have a question, so that means that I have to allow you to have a point. Oh, so you need to. That it's every, that the the dude abides. You know what I mean. So basically, any the dude abides. I like that. Uh, do you want to write white Russian? Um, the anytime you don't have 
trivia, which is a few times. Which has been like <laughs> twice, at least twice now. I need to come up with as many fucking questions as possible because the opportunity for you to miss one or two of those, I always get points for each because I asked the question and I had the trivia. Up to three. Oh, wait. Can we set that precedent? If, if I miss a question, you get a point? Oh, right. That's right. Cause, yeah, because I would get a point because I had, I had a question you didn't. That's true. But I feel like up until now, we've been doing it where like if I get like at least like two out of three or one out of two, like you'll give it to me because they're usually like the hard give, one. Are we only giving one point per episode? That's what I've been doing. Okay, I like that. Well, because you've been giving me the scale, like an easy one that goes up to like a hard one. Yeah, and that's then, true. And then depending on my performance, you'll, you decide like, okay, yeah, I'll give you the point. I'll give you the, okay, yeah. Because like, I don't think it's fair for me to get a point if I get the easy one and then I miss two, two of the hard, hard ones. ones. But if I get a hard one. And the easy one and you miss a really, really hard one. Exactly, yeah, you exactly. Okay. You know what? There you go. There you go. Ladies and gents. Okay, well, PD, how many... Fake diamond bracelets would you give this episode? Oh, I was going to say sky icebergs. <laughs> oh, I, at first I was going to say space titanics. Space titanics. How many blackish holish things would you give this? <laughs> uh, I think I would go a solid 3.5. I think it's right in there. Maybe 3.25. It okay. was good. It was great. I liked it. Uh, for all the reasons we've already mentioned, pretty uh-huh. much good Good CGI, good introductions, good uh, character growth. Um, it's also a little on the nose with Titanic-y stuff to me to get be any better. That's true. And, and didn't have anything that was like, no, I'm not a huge fan of the Titanic movie in general. Like, it's kind of me. So, um, being the hopeless romantic, I <laughs> You are a hopeless romantic. Hopeless romantic, yes. Uh, Emphasis on the hopeless part. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. <sighs> Um, um, I'm going to give this one a 3.75. Oh, that's higher than I would have expected, actually. Um, well, we now know I'm, I'm more of the, like, you're more like the Simon, and I'm more like the... Um, Cowell? A, a mix between Randy and Abdu- uh, Paula. <laughs> where I'm kind of like, that's going to be a yeah Because you're both dog. super chill and also always drunk all the time, like Paula <laughs> Um, well, no, it's because you need to get out of my dreams and into my car. Wasn't she in that music video? I think that's her. Straight up now, tell me, do you really want to look? That's her. No, that's a different song. This is a car one. The car one is like, it's like a different, anyway, I don't know. Now I'm just, I just know <laughs> that there's a music video where Paula is like dancing with a cartoon wolf. Oh, Hungry Like the Wolf? No, that's completely different. Anyway. Uh, I give it a three point seven five. Anyway, my point was I usually am a little bit more generous with the scores. True, I like to be I like to be a little bit more stingy. Well, with that's my good. Points. We need to have a, the variation. Um, but no, to me, I think like I do remember seeing that episode. Not, maybe not the first time, but the Titanic thing felt fresher the first time I watched it. And I do feel like it doesn't. It didn't feel as on the nose. So if I put myself in those shoes, I feel like it gets a that is less of a detriment to it the way I think about it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like first time, the Kiff Amy thing is great. First time meeting Amy's parents is great. The whole love triangle, fake love triangle is a great sort of like confusing thing for Fry. Yeah. But also yeah. a little bit of a boon to Fry because he gets to kiss women, which he doesn't normally do. Yeah. Even though it's fake, he's kind of like, oh, I'll just enjoy it while I last. Yeah. Like he just, he's, he's just, deprived. He's he deprived. Well, because he's the loser. He's one of the 20, or 31st century yet. He's a loser. Yeah, basically, and that's why we love it. Loser, a loser. <laughs> okay, um, and but I will say I would. There's not too much Zoidberg in this. I feel like we could have used more Zoid. Yeah, that's true. He gets but a they get Zoidy gets more action in the later seasons. Yeah, he be, he goes from kind of an ancillary character to more of the crew, and he has a few uh, Zoidberg centric episodes. Mm-hmm. And then once they finally get in on the on the the tropes that are are standard to his character and the jokes that they make around him, he's used in like almost every episode yeah um so what you said 3.25 or 3.5 uh 3.25 so we're gonna 3.5 average 3.5 average solid start off to season two um this one was season two episode one a flight to remember Mm -hmm. and next week we are going to cover season two episode two mars Mars University. university i'm excited i like i like this one there's things i definitely are not a fan about um hey there's things i do like on the bottom <laughs> things, things i, I don't, don't. <laughs> little randy 
Oh, Randy, I love you. Okay, uh, well, think that's gonna be that's gonna be it for us, y'all. Uh, is it thank time you. to uh, put this thing in a box for Christmas and wrap it up? And wrap it up. <laughs> it is indeed, and I love that you have a new one every week. Um, thanks for for listening, guys. Uh, we will be back next week, and uh, yeah, please make sure to check us out on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash World of Tomorrow Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, World of Tomorrow Pod, mm-hmm. and you can, uh, like we said, you can you can leave a voicemail for us at Anchor.fm slash World of Tomorrow slash Message. Rate um, us in the Apple Store. Yeah, rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts. If you can rate us in the other ones, please do. I don't know if Stitcher has an ability to rate. Or Google. I don't know. I've never rated anything on Stitcher. I haven't either. But, it but you can follow and subscribe so you know exactly yeah. when the epi drops. Smash that follow button, guys. Smash that motherfucking button. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us, guys. And we will catch you next week. I'm Bye. Daniel. Oh, and I'm Willie. <laughs> <laughs> we don't normally say our names at the end, do we? Oh, I don't we know. We've once or twice. Fuck okay, it, let's do it. I'm Daniel. And I'm Willie. Catch you later. <laughs> <laughs>